Hey, I'm Micah. And I'm Jen. From 1994 to 1996, Jen lived in the middle of nowhere, Montana. But not by choice. She was sent to a therapeutic boarding school. I had some issues. While there, she performed hard labor. There was also a lot of forced exercise. Went through daily, hours-long group therapy. That shit didn't work. And when she left, she was left with some holes in her life. Holes? One of the holes was her pop culture hole. Yeah, I missed a lot of shit. And that's a hole we can fill. So free your mind. It's time for... I never saw that. Hey, Micah. Hey, Jen. You'll always give me a boner. <laughs> I was hoping you'd start off Is that, that how the song goes? Because that's what's stuck in my head. Yeah, I'm glad you decided to sing it because everyone knows. If you've ever listened to this before, you know that I will make up my own tune. <laughs> Let's hear yours, though. Well, you now I'm just going to sing what you say. Well, don't. You'll always give me a boner. That's like Yellow hmm. Submarine or some shit. A boner. Okay. <laughs> just the end. Just the boner is the Yellow Submarine. Oh. The it Yellow totally Submarine's is. all it about is a boner. boners. Yeah. I bet we're not the first people to say that, you know, to make that connection. So we're talking about boners. Like usual. Mm-hmm. Why are we talking about boners? Because we love talking about boners. Well, that's true. But there's also a very specific reason. We watched a TV show from 1993. It's called The State. Yes, Maybe you've it was heard on of it. MTV. And did you ever, did you see this at all? Because it was on, technically it premiered before you left, right? Yes. From Montana. I did not know anything about this show until much later. Uh, I did not have MTV before I left. I lived out in the boonies. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, I had friends who had MTV, but no, I did not know of this show until much later. Uh, I, yeah, so technically this first season, which is what we watched and what we will talk about, came out before I left. We're definitely going to watch the other seasons. Yeah, I think we should just watch it all. We could, we could watch season two and talk and do an episode about yeah. it though, because that was definitely in the time frame. Uh, but yeah, we're going to watch it all because it's, oh my God, it's, you know? <laughs> I think we're on kind of a roll here because the last thing we watched, we both really enjoyed. And Yeah, weird. This is two in a row. We watched all of season one of The State last night and we really enjoyed it. It's funny you said that you don't remember watching it at all because I do remember it, but I don't know how. I grew up in a really small town and I grew up way outside of town, so I never had cable. We didn't have MTV. My friends had cable and when this was on, I was spending a lot of time at my friends' houses, sleeping over a lot, and staying up and watching late night TV. We watched Mr. Show a lot. I remember that because they had HBO. Our town's cable company did not carry MTV. <laughs> they wouldn't carry because it. Because of God? Yeah. Because of I Satan? don't know. Because MTV was... I mean, they had Cinemax and Showtime and HBO. I know they had Cinemax, okay? Mm. Um, I was a teenage boy and we stayed you up late boner. and watched things. You had a boner. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yes. Um, we're, Absolutely, uh, Jen, yes. We're not the Beatles. We did not have... Oh, that's funny, too. Did you read that story this week that came out in the news about... Paul um, McCartney and John Lennon yeah. uh, masturbating together? Yeah. I did not read the whole story, but I did see the headline. That's pretty much That's, all you need to know. That is wild. So we weren't the Beatles. We weren't doing that. But we did watch some late night TV. But they didn't have MTV, so I don't know where I watched this. Yeah, well, you did watch it, so it doesn't I did, really matter, somehow, I guess. But so. I, I don't know if I saw clips later. I thought for a while, because I was reading about it, it was on for four seasons, and I thought maybe I saw some of the later seasons because I was reading stuff about how it was on CBS. But I think what happened is they left MTV, they made a CBS special, and then it wasn't picked up by CBS. And so it was just over. I think that's what happened. The state did yeah. a CBS special? Weird. Yeah. This they... would never, I mean, especially in the mid-90s, this show would never have been on right. CBS ever. Well, they wanted to compete with Saturday Night Which, Live. Which, by the way, is a compliment. So I'm sure they wanted to like clean it up and change it. Yeah, but fuck that. Yeah. I giggled so hard yes, watching you did. this. Like, I was laughing like a little kid a lot of the time while we were watching this. And I had also seen some of it. Some of it was very familiar. I've seen clips. I've seen pieces of it. 
you know, I had seen, um, I, I don't know, a couple of the sketches. I was like, oh, yeah, this one. But uh, fucking shit. This is a ridiculously funny group of people. Yes. And you recognize a lot of the people, obviously, from lots of other things that they've done. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I already knew who the people yeah. were that were in this. But yes. We should go like, through. We should read just all the people that were in it. Kevin Allison. I do not know who that is. I, Good start. I didn't recognize him from other things either, but um, I think this is just listed in alphabetical order. Yeah, it is. He was the blonde guy, Mr. Magina. This class is called Sexual Education. I'll be your instructor. My name is Mr. Magina. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Michael Ian Black. <laughs> yes. Of course, you of know course. him. Robert Ben Garant? Garant? I don't know how yeah. to say it, but I yes, either. I know him. Todd Hollebeck. Mm, that sounds familiar. Which one is that? I, I don't know either. Dang it. Mike, Man, I said I knew everybody yeah. that was in this. Now Michael Patrick Jan. Oh, fucking shit. I also don't know who that person is. Carrie Kenny. Uh, hi, Carrie Kenny. Let's talk about Carrie Kenny for just a second. I love her. One of these things is not like the other. One of these things is not oh, the same. I get it. Yeah, because she's a woman. She's the only woman. She's literally the weird. only woman on this show. We're gonna uh, we're gonna get get okay. to that. We have a good friend who thinks I well. It, so he's reminded of <laughs> Carrie Kenny. We by, all know where you're going, but I just want to hear this play out. <laughs> I remind him of Carrie Kenny. There you go. Or I guess she reminds him of. I don't know what. Either way, you get what I'm saying. I yes. think it's, and I think it's mostly. Because I have a chin kind of like hers, but also uh, I like to think it's because she's fucking hilarious. She does have a huge, amazing range. She's, I love her. My my first exposure to several of these people was in Reno 911. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was my first exposure to her. And I fucking, she was, she is, let me just say, Carrie Kenny. All right. Love Thomas you. Lennon. Yep. Also great. <laughs> Joe Lotrulio. Yes. Tr- also fucking oh. great. Now big on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Ken Marino. Okay, Ken Marino. Let's talk about this. I'm gonna play this super cool. Okay. Play uh, cool. Yeah, and I'm just gonna say this quickly that I tweeted at some of these people about how much I love the state, and I was like, "Do any of you want to be on a <laughs> very small indie podcast?" And uh, Ken Marino actually responded, which I think is so fucking super cool. And uh, I don't know whether that's a thing that's going to happen, but I will tell you that I've been freaking out with excitement all day. So even if it doesn't happen, just know, Ken Marino, you're out there listening. You made my life today. (laughs) Yes, we were both very excited. For real, you really did. So yeah, that was really cool. So hopefully you will want to be on this show. Michael Showalter. Also a very funny guy. David Wayne. Also a very funny person. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry if I got any of the names wrong. They're all very familiar. Um, Not all of them. There were some I didn't recognize, but a lot of them we recognize from like Wet Hot American Summer, Reno 911. They've done a lot of other things. And we will be talking about more of the state because I do want to watch every episode of these. They were... Fuck yeah. We watched the whole, like all of the first season last night and it's only what, five episodes? Yeah. But they were funny and... The one thing that I loved, and I always compare things to Saturday Night Live. Any like, yeah, sketch I think show everyone like kind of does that, yeah, yeah, because it's big. It's such a huge cultural thing for all of our lives, um, right? The thing I really appreciated was these. First of all, these a lot of these skits and the concepts are way more absurd and nonsensical, and I loved that. They were a lot more unexpected. They were a lot edgier because they were on MTV, so they could be a little edgier with some things but i the thing i loved the most was that they didn't drag on like the my explanation of this is yeah dude seriously (laughs) but i i i took that note and i early on in like the first episode one of the notes i took was like i really appreciate how short these are yeah like they just put really brief little sketches in that were so perfect and great and i don't know why sketch comedy shows always think they need to have like long yeah with us like a story arc i mean and fuck some the story of them arc. were super short and just like one little tiny joke and that was fun too a lot of them led into each other and kind of bled into each other but the ones that were longer even were like they were tight 
and they made yeah. their point and they moved on and they didn't f- they didn't feel like they had to finish it and make some big point at the end like i feel like saturday night live stretches and stretches for that sometimes i totally appreciated and noticed that it this show had a very kind of frantic feeling to mm-hmm. it at least especially at first uh, which i really loved yeah there's a lot of energy and there were a lot of parts that were like pre-recorded that obviously weren't done in front of an audience and but it felt very very tight and very i don't know how to say it yeah it was good like the whole the concept was very tight and it was rehearsed well and it was they just did it really quickly and moved (laughs) on funnier than fuck yeah yeah i also love the title sequence and the theme song song. you mentioned that it's fucking great It is I great. love it. And I read a little bit it's about it. It's very punk rock. It's very short. Again, yes. like the the it doesn't go on and on forever. So interestingly, it was written and performed by Craig Wedren of Shudder to Think and Eli Janney of Girls Against Boys. And the song is built around samples of songs by Nation of Ulysses. I don't know any of those things you just said. You do know Nation of Ulysses because they were a punk band in DC in the late 80s, early oh. 90s, that then became the makeup. Oh, I love the Many makeup. Of the members. makeup is amazing yeah. so you would know nation of ulysses songs if you heard them hmm. okay but. let's just quick like let's get the stuff that we thought was problematic or borderline problematic out of the way here okay first i think you should probably do that because i was just frantically trying to keep up with taking notes of all the sketches yeah and i didn't so try to do that that um, i didn't notice a lot of things that were problematic but maybe you'll spur my memory no i actually this is i was shocked by how few problematic things I thought there were in this. Now, this is me, a white cisgender woman saying that. Uh, but like for the 90s, they were not doing a lot of problematic shit. What, mm-hmm. what I would say is problematic is that there was only one woman in this giant cast. Like, come on, guys. Yeah, that was that stood out to me. Definitely. Uh, yeah, that was huge. And she's a hilarious woman, but come on. That said, it... Gave her a lot of opportunities to be in a lot of the sketches and display her range a lot. I'm not saying it's good that she was the only one there. No, no, but no, no. It was great. She was great. Yeah, she, she's great. Like, she could play anything and she did so many different types of characters. Yeah. Even in the first five episodes. The other thing is like everybody's white, which, yeah. you know. Uh, the other thing that I just don't really know. So there are lots of sketches because there are no women in their cast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There are lots of sketches with dudes in dresses. And there are even some where Carrie Kenny's not in it and there's a female character. Like she yeah, could have played that character. Which is fine though. I So I, we're not going to get too deep into this because I don't know. I can't speak to it. Mm-hmm. I did not feel like the joke, maybe once or twice the joke was like, ha ha, it's a dude in a dress. Yeah. Most of the time it did not feel like that to me. It felt... Like they just had to do it because they needed. No, no, not that they had to. Like it was an intentional decision, but it the. I guess what I'm trying to say is like the butt of the joke was not. Right. The fact that a dude is wearing a dress. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Now other people may feel differently. I, I, I thought they handled dudes in dresses pretty fucking well, to be honest with you, uh, and they were funny. Like they were. They were really funny without without it being. I guess it, it wasn't the focal point. Mm-hmm. That's where that's what I'm trying. It to wasn't get the at. joke. It wasn't, it wasn't the yeah. joke of the sketch. So yeah, other than that, I mean, I honestly, there was one part with, uh, you know, the Michael Ian Black. It's a recurring sketch. They have a lot of recurring sketches, mm-hmm. but the one where he's like, "I'm an on-air personality," yes, and then which I fucking loved. But he, I don't know, he made some like anti-sex work comments and stuff, which. But were they really anti? I mean, they were. It, that was kind of the joke that he was a sex worker. 
Right. That's my point, though, is yeah. that that was the joke. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, but really, like, remarkably unproblematic. There's another sketch comedy show that uh, came out during this time that was only on for one season, maybe two seasons. It's called The Dana Carvey Show, mm. which we also may talk about at some point. It has, much like this show, it has some big people in it uh, that went on to be big. I mean, obviously, Dana Carvey was already big, but um, Steve Carell, Stephen Colbert, mm-hmm. I forget who else. But that show is problematic as fuck. They were doing some shit on that show. Anyway. Yeah. So we might, I'm just saying, compared to a lot of other things from the 90s that we've watched and the types of humor, there was no homophobia. There was no sexism that I noticed. There was no racism, but of course, race was not an issue because there were Because no, they were all white. Yeah. I was, there still, was one that I was a little confused by. Okay. One sketch. LaVon and Barry was questionable. I wasn't sure oh, what they were going for there. Yeah. Yes. That was the one... That one did make me uncomfortable. Like, were they just white dudes in leisure suits? Yeah. yeah. I wasn't sure about that one. Yeah, that one made me a little uncomfortable. Um, but I was also uncomfortable because they were talking about $240 worth of pudding. <laughs> yeah, and then they stuck their asses in it. Yeah. Uh, well, I was I got real comfortable with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, anyway... Uh, I don't, we don't, obviously, it's a sketch comedy show. We don't need to go, like, episode by episode, sketch by sketch. But we can talk a little, we can sort of work through it that way because that's how we took notes. And um, there were some I want to mention just so that we can put clips in because it's fucking hilarious. Oh, my God. I, actually, this is the thing. Like, last night while watching this, we were like, can we just not talk? Can the two of us just <laughs> not talk? And what we do is just play like our favorite clips from the show and have that be an episode because it'd be so much funnier. Yeah. But obviously we can't really do that. But I mean, there's not a lot to add to a lot of these. We can't just repeat the catchphrases because I don't want to be that guy. That's how I usually am. I want to dip my balls in it. There it is. It had to be said. Mm-hmm. I did read one interesting thing about that is that the network had asked them to do more recurring characters and catchphrases and was that their response and that was their response oh god that's so beautiful that's so fucking beautiful because that's a lot of this show to me i felt like they walked this line and and i don't it was like this combination of sort of scathing satire and absolute absurdity Mm -hmm. and it was so beautiful and i love that that was their response because all obviously it's like a big fuck you to that whole yeah concept and how ridiculous it is at the same time that's the thing that like my high school buddies and i repeated all oh, the time yeah well like, no it and totally it, honestly works. and it is so funny it's ken marino and now louis the guy who comes in and says his catchphrase over and over again I do. It's over there. What is it? It's a martini. A martini? Hey, I want to dip my balls in it. Hey! Hey, what you got there? It's an M16. What do you want with it? What do I want with it? I want to dip my balls in it. It's It's so dumb. It made me laugh. It's the dumbest thing in the world. And it's the funniest fucking thing in the world. And it's also absurd. And I realize that my favorite comedy, at least currently, is sort of like dark and absurdist with with some kind of commentary. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. that is what this show is. And yeah, so it, it it's very, 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 very funny. It made me laugh very hard. I had seen it before, but I had forgotten what his catchphrase was. Uh, one thing I do wonder, though, because and we will ask Ken Marino about this if he is ever on our show for real. If this is something that people say to him all the time, because oh, that would, sure. I can imagine that that would be very irritating and obnoxious. Yeah, so maybe let's not ask him about that. Let's ask him about something else. <laughs> well, obviously we'll ask him about other things, but I'm just curious if if that's a thing that's annoying that happens to him. Like, you know what I mean? Because that's what people do. So anyways, uh, episode one, it opens with the Boogeyman sketch. Mm-hmm. Why is Boogeyman spelled with one O? I don't know. It's Bogeyman. Yeah, but that sounds like boogers to me because... More than boogie? Really? Well, because the 
like British people say bogeyman, but they also say bogeys for boogers. You're such a fucking Harry Potter nerd. Oh, come on. Yeah, I got that from Money Python, actually. No, that's a lie. And Doctor Who. Lies. I've never watched Doctor Who. He doesn't even watch Doctor Who. So a lot of the things they did in the skits, one thing I noticed that they set up a situation that seemed absurd, but then they twist it at the end. And so the the thing that's that seems absurd is actually what's going on. Like you're supposed to think that the person that's described I'm thinking of the like the Sasquatch skit where there's right. these Sasquatch hunters and they go into an office and they're saying they're making a TV show about the Sasquatch, we've tracked him down and he's here in this office and they all have Australian accents for some reason. And then they show this guy's desk and his name thing. And then he comes in the office. He's like, what, what are you doing in my office? Get these guys out of here. But then he really is a Sasquatch. They find the, his shopping bag and it has razors and shaving I love cream. That. And I love that whole concept. Baby that Sasquatch vitamins. Bigfoot is actually a dude in the in an office yeah. who just shaves his whole body mm-hmm. all the time so that he can be a dude who works in an office. But then he attacks them and starts biting them and stuff. Um, a lot of the skits were like that, like the Amish battle. It was like the the jets, the sharks and the jets. They were like snapping their fingers and they were going to go battle on the street. Come on, let's go, let's fight. I, I'm sorry, we, uh, we don't fight. What do you mean you don't fight? Come on, let's go! Uh, no, no, uh, we're Amish. It's against our religion and culture to fight. We came here to fight! Which other sketches from episode one jumped out at you that you wanted to talk about? All of them? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I... like all sketch comedy shows, there are some that yeah, yeah. landed a little flatter. But... Well, I think also when you're going for this level of bizarre, yeah. that it's going to be hit or miss. But once again, I will say... I was blown away by how often it hit, Mm -hmm. for me anyway. I mean, I guess I'm the target audience for this fucking show because it was pretty rare. There were only a few sketches that I was like, eh. Mm -hmm. And they were so short that they just moved on to something else that was really funny right after that. I felt like the whole show had a really good rhythm. Yeah. Also, these people were really young when they made this show. Yeah. Uh, They were like early 20s. Early 20s. Yeah. I think all of them, early 20s, very young. So there's a recurring gag about free your mind, mm-hmm. which apparently was a real thing on MTV. Yeah, they said. were like little PSAs. Right. It's sort of like, the more you know. Yeah. Or. <laughs> but I remember them being more, they weren't as schmaltzy. They were more serious, like, just be a better fucking person. Free your mind. Yeah. But the first one they did was about clowns. And pirates. Mm, yeah. Fat lady knowing cotton candy stinking. Mangy old salty scurvy sea dog. Bozo wannabe circus freak. Can't clowns and pirates just try to go along? And then you get to watch clowns and pirates fight. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking great. <laughs> Free your mind. I really like the episode of um, Password with... Or $7,000 password or whatever it was. With Sid and Nancy? Yeah, with Sid and Nancy. Oh, my God. They were great. So, Nancy, why don't you tell us a little something about yourself? Um, well, last night I had this dream. And we had this puppy dog. And we loved him so much that we ate him. And, Sydney, how are you doing? I'll just strike half a bottle of vodka and I'm about to puke. (laughs) Well, you both know the rules and Nancy decided that she would give the clues first because she can read a little better. Thomas Lennon has a recurring character, the old-fashioned guy. And this one, I thought the first one was the funniest because it was so unexpected. Made me laugh so hard. He's like whittling by the lake (laughs) and he says, Call me old-fashioned. But I still believe there's only one true God. And he lives in this lake. And his name is Zorgo. (laughs) It was so good. The other ones were also funny, but they didn't have that same payoff. Yeah, the other ones didn't work as well for me. Yeah, but that one, that first one, oh my God. I'm curious to see if he is a recurring character throughout the other seasons too. Because I think... It could come back around and be really funny because it's so absurd. Yeah. Um, I, speaking of Thomas Lennon, I just, I love, he always plays like the dad mm-hmm. character. 
And I just love him as a dad. I, uh, he's, he's so fucking funny. I also loved him as Lieutenant Dangle on Reno 911. Yes. Who, again, was kind of the dad. Yeah, sort of, but was ridiculous himself. Yes. Yeah, he plays that really well. Yeah. Um, He played a dad in a skit that I wanted to ask you about, Jen, because um, there was one character who's a recurring character, Doug. Played by Michael Showalter. Yes, who's a young teen who's trying to find his way and rebel against authority. Um, (laughs) But over and over, everybody just wants to be super cool with him, and they all seem pretty cool. Right. Um, But I wanted to know if that resonated with you at all and your rebellion that you were going through your exploration trying to find yourself and your voice mm-hmm. absolutely that led you to montana absolutely i appreciate you asking mm-hmm. that question my life was pretty much an exact reflection of doug's life mm-hmm. you know like every time i walked into a room a few seconds later like six people would walk in after me mm. <clears throat> yes all your friends followed you always and then every time i would leave a room i'd be like Forget it, I'm out of here, here. For some reason. Okay, good. Um, Can I ask you about that? Because why, yeah. why did you say it that way? I, it was just like, uh, it's rebellious. It's a, it's a rebellion against saying here in a normal way. Okay. That's what it was for me, and I assume that's what it was for Doug. Okay. And um, then I was sent away from home, you know? To Montana. To Montana. Where... I imagine from the stories you've told me and from just you sharing things on this podcast about your experiences in Montana, from what I've heard about the therapy you went through and the counselors that were there, I imagine that you probably had some flashbacks when you saw Captain Monterey Jack mm-hmm. on screen. <laughs> oh my God. The therapy I received in Montana was, uh, no, it was not... Captain Monterey Jack is a motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. He's not a therapist. so. But there was a lot of yelling. That is a good point. I mean, he did get in some people's faces about tying their shoes. <laughs> My name is Captain Monterey Jack. And I'm not tripping here. But that's exactly what you folks will be doing if you don't tie your shoes. Now, maybe your friends think you're square if you tie your shoes. You know, square. I got a square head, you know. Three things that are square, cheese, plates, and bears. Yeah, that did bring up a lot of, that brought up some painful memories for me. Mm -hmm. This isn't a game here, Jen. This is in the NBA and I'm not Charles Buckley. This one, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) That, every single one of those had me like just double over laughing. So that's Michael Ian Black. Michael Ian Black is so (laughs) fucking funny. And he falls down. Actually, not just as that character. Michael Ian Black falls down a lot on this <laughs> show, and it makes me fucking laugh every time. His He has a, some really great physical comedy. But yeah, Captain Monterey Jack, they're all amazing. Like, he just fucks everything up. He, does, he also, in addition to saying, I'm not Charles Buckley, he was like, <laughs> said something about Marky Mark. <laughs> Marky Mark and the Funny Bunch. Yes. This isn't a game here, okay? This isn't the NBA, and my name isn't Charles Buckley. Hey, your shoes are time bombs waiting to explode. Boom, boom, boom. Shake of the room. Let's take some Q&A. And what if my shoelace breaks and I can't tie my shoes? Hey, what if my nose falls off and I can't smell? What if my pants fall off and everybody's looking at my wiener? You deal or you die. By the way, your shoe's untied. Made you look. You have to know. You understand me? You have to always be aware. I love you, Captain Monterey Jack. All right, I'm not that crazy about you. Okay. I'm Doug. I think tying shoes is for sissies. Hey, Doug. If I want to hear foul language, I'll go home. I'll turn on Marky Mark and the Funny Bunch. I don't need to listen to your smart mouth. You understand? Yeah. And shoe tying is not for sissies, okay? But wearing glasses is, so that guy's a sissy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, God, I love this show so much. Speaking of Michael in Black, another one that just made me laugh so hard and really shouldn't have was when he walked into the library and tried to hit on someone and got the suggestion. (laughs) Hey, buddy, want some advice? Sure. If you want to meet women, you should start wearing pants. Pants, eh? Thanks. I'll try it. So then it's just this music... Musical montage of him (laughs) 
trying to put pants on. And with he doesn't Carrie know how. Kenny with Carrie Kenny in the department store. And then they're like dancing it's in their pants. It's so funny. Oh, God. It's so funny. And of course it works. He well, tucks and, his sweater into the pants. Oh, God. The pants are horrible. <laughs> and the funny part, too, of that is that they pan down. And and of course, he's wearing tidy whities mm. It's great. Yeah, my note on that was just the word pants in capital letters. Uh, ugh, so good. There, I feel like there was a lot of commentary on how stupid commercialism is. Yes. And also just how stupid are the rule about how you're not supposed to eat for, or you're not supposed to swim for, what is it, 45 minutes, minutes after, after eating. Yeah. And they do <laughs> a whole thing about that in the first episode. I mean, it's just making fun of, as usual, I'm not going to be able to articulate this. But there's something, it's not just silly and absurd. It's. Yeah, they're pointing out hypocrisies and. Yeah, and just. Absurdities. How ridiculous we are. Just, that's what I think. It's just like, we are fucking ridiculous as humans. And basically all of these sketches that they're doing are no more ridiculous really than how fucking ridiculous we are as humans. Yeah. You know, like Captain Monterey Jack, that's what that is. It's like. You know, the catchphrase, too. It's like, this is a fucking stupid thing that is dumbed down for, it's the ultimate consumerism. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know what I'm trying to yeah. say here? Because you're, I don't. Well, I can see why the network would want recurring characters and catchphrases. And I understand why the performers didn't want to do that because that's dumbing things down and that's the easy way to go. That's simple and stupid. But they were able to do this thing that they created a catchphrase that was huge for a right, while. Right, it was an actual catchphrase. They yeah. So they satisfied <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the yeah. network, mm-hmm. and they were making fun of it. And I feel like the audience was in on the joke because it was so stupid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was so good. Oh, no, I mean, it's a lot of this is satire. Yeah. But in the hands of a different performer, like even other people on this show, they uh-huh. would not have been able to pull that off the way oh Ken God, Marino so... did. The way he sold. And it was so predictable every time. <laughs> yeah. And it was formulaic. And it was still fucking hilarious. Every time. I'm telling you, I giggled like a fucking adolescent every time. Hey, I want to dip my balls in it. Yeah! I mean, I... I love this humor. And I, yeah, I, it's very funny. It's very funny. Like, they really, you're right. Like, they accomplished a lot of things by doing that. I just, I just felt like a lot of it was, it comes off as just like straight up silliness sometimes. And mm-hmm. I think that most of the time there's, there's some pretty like scathing commentary. Another one that I loved was the high school cheerleader. And I don't remember her name, but it was Carrie Kenny again. And she, it's like a documentary about a high school cheerleader and they're interviewing all these oh, people yeah. about her and her cheers are like <laughs> performance art. Yeah. And she's lighting the performance art world on fire. And so the whole, the bleachers are full of people in black turtlenecks and berets right, right. because the art world is there. They never miss a football game because they have to see this amazing cheerleader. And the things that she was doing were awesome. Like she yeah. had this one where her arms were like 10 feet long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then she dumped red paint on herself to to um, represent blood at oh, the end. Oh, it was hilarious. And... It was so good. Yeah, really good. Have we mentioned that everything on this show is really good? Because I feel like that's all <laughs> we're fucking saying. It. Yes. And it, this show has presented us with, I think, more of a challenge than probably anything else we've watched. Because there's very little that I want to critique about it. Mm-hmm. I mostly just want to sit around and talk about how funny it is and reminisce about, like, how funny it is. Uh, and so it's hard for us to have anything to say about it other than it's so good. Yeah. It's so funny. It's so brilliant. And it is. And it was. Uh, I think for people that watched The State, they'll probably enjoy this little recap and the little clips we play. For people that haven't watched The State, I'm sorry, this probably isn't the most listenable episode of I Never Saw That. But you should go watch The State. It's mm-hmm. fucking amazing. It's really good. Oh, God. Okay, we got to talk about the one with tape on their faces. Yes. This is the third episode. Finmore University. So the freshmen are coming in, and it's like freshman orientation, and they have some upperclassmen there to talk to them about things that are cool and things that aren't cool and how great things are at Finmore. For some reason, they all have tape on their faces. Oh, my God. First off, okay, there is no smoking in the dorms. This is a non-smoking dorm, mm-hmm. okay? Last year, somebody was smoking in and their there room. There was a fire, and this is the result. Okay? 
I now have tape all over my face. Uncool. Really uncool, guys. Okay, another thing is drinking. Yeah, there is no drinking in the dorms at all. Okay, last year somebody was drinking in their room. Things got out of hand, out of control. I happened to be there, and now I have tape all over my face. It's really uncool. Really uncool. You know Again, a perfect combination of absolute absurdity and also it's it's that recurring theme it's the it's the captain jack thing it's the uh free your mind thing there's another one i feel like where it's like instructional where people are giving you warnings mm -hmm. or about things you should not do mm -hmm. you know anyway but yeah so there it's just um uh, is it Michael Ian Black? Yeah, Michael Ian Black. Carrie Kenny. Carrie Kenny and Michael Showalter comes in later. Yeah, they have tape on their faces. You know, like, you know, the type of tape where it's like... Like scotch tape with their nose <laughs> pu pulled up and their <laughs> eyelids pulled wide open. And <laughs> and they start off, I thought, I was like, oh God, what are they doing? Because they start off telling a story about how somebody like burned a pizza or something and there was a fire. And he kind of <laughs> looks like... Oh, a burn like, victim. Oh, God, yeah. are they making yeah, yeah, yeah. fun of burn victims? But though, then it just <laughs> gets like, absurd. And now like, I have tape over my face. Now I have face. tape all over my face. It's like, it's like, okay, now I don't know whether this was what they were even going for, but in my mind, this is commentary on like our culture of fear, right? I mean, the, the swimming pool one especially was like that because I don't know if we mentioned, I don't think we did, everyone in that. And that one dies because they yes. all drown. Because they're going they in to save ate. the person having cramps because they right. ate the first and then person, went swimming. I forget who the first person was who jumped in. The first person jumps in, uh, gets a cramp. Yeah. And then a string of people <laughs> jump in to save the previous person. They all drown to death. And I do feel like that's, I mean, it's such a ridiculous thing that we tell kids that you can't swim. Yeah. 45 minutes after you eat it's fucking ridiculous just you know i feel like a lot of our safety our safety standards and the ways that we present them are just ludicrous and and they feed on people's fears and you know i mean i'm thinking about airport security right now for some yeah. reason because it just questioning like conventional wisdom yeah i guess that's and a more not thinking about it and that's how i feel about the swimming it, thing yeah. i thought the swimming thing was perfect because that's the type of thing that yeah, everyone just... I grew up hearing, and it's like yeah. almost like a reflex. Yeah. It's now like, you oh. say, oh, it can't go swimming. But it's so absurd. It's based on nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it's absurd. But we and all anyway, accepted the, it for so long. The tape long. on your face thing isn't... I don't even know if, if the connection I'm trying to draw makes any sense, but I don't know. It's just the ways that we always exaggerate the consequences of mm -hmm. what could happen. But Yeah. And then they point out how absurd it is, too, because David Wayne stands up in the audience and says... Okay, so that's pretty much everything, unless somebody has a question. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, dude. Why do you guys have tape all over your face? Hey, hey shut, shut up, up dude. It's really, that's really uncool. We have to live like this, okay? Okay. I don't mean to be uncool, but how exactly does drinking or smoking or dancing cause you to get tape all over your face? <laughs> okay, we, we gotta go, go dude. You guys have been tremendous. We got karaoke night uh, yeah. over in the lodge I'm and all the cool things. See you later, dude. And they just walk off, and that they was get where, super pissed. I felt like, like it was, oh man, not cool. For the only time on the show, somebody questioned the absurdity. Like that doesn't make any fucking sense. It was great. I thought it was great. Yeah. I mean, if they did that all the time, then it wouldn't. Well, be they funny, do break but, the fourth wall all the time, but they like tore down the thing they had built up in that one in a different way. Which one? Okay, Don Law. I'm a lawyer. Oh God, yes. Where he says. He's who who is this? Who Michael was it? Showalter. Okay, is a oh, yeah. lawyer. <laughs> says, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm Don Law. Call me. Do you need? Are you have, getting divorced? Do you need a divorce lawyer? I'm a lawyer. Call me. I'm Don Law. <laughs> and then the things just get more and more concerned. Yes, like, yes. Are you tired of the same old potato salad? Do you need someone to make you some new potato salad? I'm Don Law. I can make you some new potato salad. Just call. Help me remember the whole thing about. The phrase I wrote down was a bit of a coma. Oh, yes. <laughs> He's waking up, doctor. Relax, Jerry. Don't try to get up just yet. You've been in an accident. Do you remember? Well, I remember I was changing the papers on the Xerox machine, and I, I stood up, and then I hit my head on the file cabinet. Yes, Jerry, and you've been in a bit of a coma ever since. A bit of a coma. But he wakes up and his wife's there and she introduces her new husband. 
because he's been out. And then you find out that he's only been out for about two and a half minutes or two, something. Two hours. Two, two hours. Um, Less than two hours. And in that time, and the doctor says at one point, says, After tedious and painful therapy, you should regain partial use of your limbs. How soon can I return to work? Oh, Jerry. You don't have a job anymore. Computer programming has sort of been phased out. Phased out? Yes, we don't use computers anymore, Jerry, now that we can all read minds. Some of us had to keep evolving while you got to sleep, Jerry. And without telepathy, we wouldn't be able to communicate with the Martians that now rule our planet. Jerry, your coma stretched across one of the most eventful early afternoons in history. In the last two hours, yeah. Also, there was one where I forget who. I'm very sorry. I didn't write down who was doing what in all of these, but someone was wrestling a chair. Remember, there was a wrestling sketch, and it was just a dude wrestling a chair. Yeah, I think that was Robert Ben Garrett wrestling a chair. Yeah, that sounds right. It was just really quick. Also... A very funny person. Yes. I mean, that's a stupid thing to say. All these people are very funny people. <laughs> but it was very physical, and it was it was probably like 30 seconds long, if that. It was really short. Yeah. And it was great. We've said that 95 times. God, I know. Boy, I hope... Yeah, I don't know. Do you have any more things to say? Like, basically, bottom line, this show's amazing. It's brilliant. It was brilliant at the time. It's brilliant now. And I think... I love... These people, I mean, I these are very funny people. That it's underrated, like absolutely. I, I think, which is how I feel about this entire cast as well. Yeah, and they're all doing great things still, but people don't talk about the state as much as they should. Yeah, and Wet Hot American Summer was a huge success. People know that, <laughs> but it's still it has a very like cult following yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of. Yes, it's yeah. It's not. It wasn't like a blockbuster, was it? No. Yeah. But these people have also gone on to do things that, like, they've written screenplays and directed films, but we don't need to get into all of them right now. But, um, well, like, Thomas Lennon and Robert Ben Garrett wrote the Night at the Museum screenplay. They did? Like, yeah, they, there's a oh. lot of things like that, that they're very busy working comedians now, and they're producing things and writing things all the time. And they started doing this when they were in their 20s. Their yeah. early twenties. Yeah, show on I MTV. Want, I'm I'm really curious about how that all started. You know, if they were just a bunch of friends, or if they, I don't know. Like, it's pretty impressive. And I'm not just saying this to get Ken Marino on the show, uh, but I, the thing that made me love Ken Marino more than anything else is the show Party Down. I don't know if you've seen that show, Micah. Yeah, have you seen that show? We watched it together. But I watched most of it by myself. Did you watch all of it? Yeah, I've seen it all because we rewatched it and rewatched. Yes, it. <laughs> I've rewatched it several times. It's yeah. very good. Once again, very very good cast. Funny, very funny group of people. Ken Marino, though, for me, stands out on that show. He's so funny in this very kind of you know like sad, pathetic mm. character who's also incredibly <laughs> not exactly relatable, but. He makes you feel for him, I guess, mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. And also, it's one of the funniest characters. It's one of my favorite characters ever and one of my favorite performances. So, Ken Marino, come be on our show. We would love it. Anyone from the state, come be on our show. We love all of you. <laughs> this was definitely one of the most fun things to discover with you, just hearing you giggle as you watched it. Because you hadn't seen any of these episodes like in full and you didn't watch any of them back then i did not watch any of so them you had back very then. limited exposure i'm not sure if i had ever watched full episodes before but regardless yeah and i feel like movies and music you had exposure to or you at least knew were around more and we've talked about this before they were accessible yeah. in other ways right television was different and this show being kind of a cult show that was only on it was on for like four seasons but it was on MTV, so it wasn't accessible in that way either. God, I'm just thinking now, like, what would I have thought of it when it was on if I would have seen it at yeah. age 15, 16? Oh, God, I think I would have absolutely loved it. And I wish I remembered more. If any of my old high school friends are listening, <laughs> I wish I remembered how I watched it. I remember thinking some of it was so amazing and so cutting edge and interesting. The things they were doing were so much better than 
other sketch comedy shit that was on TV. Yes. Um, I also loved Mr. Show. And some people suggested, when we said we were doing an episode on the state, some people suggested Mr. Show. We have watched all of Mr. Show. Yeah, actually many, several times. I mean, we can do it. We'll, we can still do it. If there are people out there who really want us to talk about Mr. Show, we, we will. But it's not something that I, I mean, I missed out on it at the time, but I'm well versed in Mr. Show. Honestly, Mr. Show missed a lot more for me than the state. You know what I'm saying? Like hit or miss. Yeah, yeah. Um, because again, like they did a lot of absurd shit too. And and they strung it out a lot longer. Some of it I loved and some of it, there's a lot of miss, yeah. misses for me, even though I, I fucking love Bob Odenkirk. Um, I don't want to talk about David Cross right now. but So it was fun to watch you experience it kind of for the very first time. Yeah. It, it, was... it seemed like just a different experience than some of the other things we've watched. Yeah, it definitely was. It was by far the most fun I've had watching anything so far because it's just so fucking good. I mean, mm. it was so, and I was laughing out loud. And like I said, I was like sitting there giggling so hard and I would start giggling. You know that feeling when you start laughing and like you just keep laughing, you can't stop. And mm-hmm. It's the best feeling in the world. Yes, That's how this was for me. That's how watching this date was for me. And I, I really needed it. I really needed it when I was 16 years old, so I wish I would have seen it then. I fucking loved it. A million stars out of five. <laughs> That's our so, new rating system. Yeah. And Jen used all the stars, so I don't have to give it's her rating be, this it, time. It should be something absurd. Like, um, I think we need to. I need we need more absurdity on this show. You know. Four thumbs out of five stars. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. We'll work on it. We'll workshop it. Okay. Because obviously that's really stupid yeah what you just said that was bad (laughs) it didn't make sense and it wasn't even good it wasn't like more than right right i totally fucked it up it just wasn't it just wasn't anything that's embarrassing is what i was thinking about it it just wasn't anything uh, let's just delete this whole thing let's just delete everything (laughs) i I am gonna actually delete most of this (laughs) (laughs) can marino come be on our show And now we have a couple just quick business things before we wrap up. One is that we have a new patron on Patreon, which is so exciting. Every time that happens, it's so exciting. But yeah, this is a very unusual situation. We're also very confused. It's a mystery. We don't know who this person is, but we want to thank Linda Ford. Linda Ford is our new patron on Patreon. Now, I do not know who Linda Ford is. Nor does Micah. I did find a Linda Ford, and this is my the number one suspect right now. She <laughs> is a Christian romance novel author. Damn right she is. So I think that's, you know, that right hot, in our wheelhouse of our hot, audience. Hot Jesus. <laughs> hot Jesus <laughs> sex. Hot Jesus. Wow. Is that what you write about if you're a Christian romance novel? I don't think or so. Or is it? Is it? I think it's more do very. Do they actually not do it? They're just like waiting very chaste, for marriage. Longing and desires and thinking about how Jesus is going to bless them. Well, I don't know about that part, but the longing and desires part, to be fair, that is the hottest part. So Linda Ford. If that's you, we're not being disrespectful. We're just No, we're going to, if it is you, we're going to read every single one of your books. In fact, I might do that anyway, whether it's her or not. (laughs) Because now I'm like so curious about what that means. Uh, But yeah, really. So Linda Ford, whoever the hell you are out there. Get in touch with us because. We want to thank you. And you get to choose a topic because you're a patron at the $5 or more level. Yeah. You got to choose your topic, Linda. Anyway, thank you so much. And and honestly, let's just take a second to thank all of our Patreon supporters. It's so cool of you all to support us financially. It's just really cool. We've talked about it before and why we ask for money and all that shit, so I'm not going to get into it. But we just, just know that we appreciate it so much. Yeah, it means a lot to us. And And the thing is, like, the more supporters we have, the more we can do with this. Like, with this podcast, we've talked about starting other podcasts. Like, we can... We're going to get better. And we really do appreciate it. Sometimes we don't mention it in every episode, but being a Patreon supporter means like every month you've pledged that you're giving us money for producing this. And we really, really appreciate that. That's a big commitment. And we understand that not everybody can do that. And absolutely, of course, that's great, too. You can we help love us in other ways. We've gotten a lot of support in our Facebook group, people telling other people about the show. We really love that. Yep. Read us and review us on iTunes. And 
the other exciting thing that happened today was that we were reviewed by Will Williams. I actually requested the review, so it's not like, you know, somebody just found us and wrote a review because they loved us that much, but it was still really exciting, and uh, it's a it's a really good review, I think. Yeah. She said really nice things about our little show. It's so, a very kind review, and it made me think about our show differently, too, because the audience consuming the show, it's like a different how, experience than yeah. us making it. And and it, I'm enjoying this experience of watching these things with you and talking about Mon- Montana and hearing about these stories. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand how the audience how anybody else enjoys it, it or gets it yeah yeah <laughs> that I'm, is a mystery it made me really think reading her review like it brings up a lot of questions about how we can make the show better and things we can yes. do to expand yes the way we talk about things and yeah no i think we have a lot to talk about with that but anyway if you want to read it and speaking of patreon she has a patreon and and by the way she wrote this review for us for free like she just does that for people and it's really it's really kind of her. So anyway, it's Will with one L, so it's W I L Williams dot reviews. And you can find our review on there and also all the other stuff she writes about podcasts. Uh it, and I definitely encourage you to support her on Patreon as well if you can and you're and you want to. She does she writes about podcasts all the time. Um yeah. and it's pretty great. So thank you so much, Will. We really uh appreciated the review and it was some great feedback for us so that's it i guess at this point what i will do is say the following and here it is thank you to graham mccray for our artwork thank you to fifi folios for our internet stuff thank you to minus violet for our music until next time see See you in the the 90s. 90s